Good morning. It's good to see all of you here this morning. If you have your Bibles, if you'll please open to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, we'll be looking at the first two verses. But before we read uh, from Hebrews 12, I'd like to share some background to the book of Hebrews, as well as some background uh, to our passage. It's not certain who the author of Hebrews is, but it seems that the author had a first-hand relationship with the disciples, and so the letter is based on their teaching. The audience whom the letter is written to are probably Jewish Christians, whom the author seems to know. By what is written in Hebrews, with its many references to the Old Testament, it seems that the writer assumes that the people have a knowledge and understanding of the Old Testament. From chapter 10 in Hebrews, we see that these believers in Jesus were experiencing persecution and imprisonment because of their confession of faith and association with Jesus. Because of that, some of these people were walking away from their faith and even abandoning their faith altogether. Some Some of the people were considering going back to their old ways, back to their old ways of living and doing things. So the writer of Hebrews was encouraging these Jewish believers to stand firm in their faith. The writer points out the overwhelming superiority of Christ over all that they had experienced under the Jewish law. The author points to the incomparable glory of the person and work of Christ, showing his supremacy over prophets, angels, Moses, Joshua, Aaron, and the whole ritual of Judaism. The chapter right before our passage today, Hebrews 11, lists some of the great heroes of the faith of the Old Testament. Verses 4 through 35 records the great blessings and outstanding victories achieved through faith, while verses 36 and 38 record those who through faith endured great trial, suffering, and persecution. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39, it says of these heroes of the faith, These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Then verse 40 says, God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. That something better is their long-awaited Messiah, Jesus Christ. If you could please stand as as I'm going to read the passage for today. And as I read the passage from Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, I want you to picture in your mind what, what the scene might look like as I read this. So remember, in Hebrews 11, we read about the heroes of the faith, and then chapter 12 begins like this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, let's pray. 
Thank you, Father God, that we can come to you and that we can look at this passage of Scripture. I pray, God, that you would uh, speak to us, that you would meet us as we look at Hebrews 12. And Lord, I pray that you'll use this time to help us to draw closer to you, Lord. And Lord, that you'll be glorified not only in this time of looking at your word from the sermon, but also, Lord, uh, through the worship that we're going to do afterwards as well, Lord. So we thank you and commit this time to you for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, go ahead and have a seat. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. As it says in Hebrews 12, when the Christian life can be described as running a race. I've heard that it said that the race that's being described is not a sprint, but a marathon. How does that sound to you? When I hear that, I get excited because I've run marathons and I think about all that goes into running one and I can see how running a marathon and, com- and comparing it with the Christian life can go together. So, I'd like you to run a race with me this morning. I'd like you to run a race with me this morning. But no, we're not going to run 26.2 miles. But if you want to train for a 26.2 mile marathon, please let me know. Seriously, let me know. I have some uh, training things I could share with you and a a schedule and all that too. But today we're going to look at the Christian life and what that race, that marathon might look like. The phrase that I want you to remember and to focus on is what it says at the end of verse 1, at the beginning of verse 2 of Hebrews 12, where it says, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Can you read that together with me? Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Instead of the word perseverance, some translations use the word endurance, as in let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The meaning of endurance, according to merriamwebster.com, is the ability to withstand hardship or adversity, especially the ability to sustain a prolonged, stressful effort or activity. So So this is how we know that it's a marathon and not a sprint. It's a prolonged activity. But I like the nuance that the word perseverance brings to this verse. So in the NIV, the New International Version, it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. A perseverance, again, means a continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, opposition, failure, or discouragement. Again, a continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, opposition, failure, or discouragement. Or as it says in the Expositor's Bible company, uh, Commentary, perseverance, perseverance is the determination to keep going even when it hurts. And you know when you run a marathon, it's going to hurt. I've run 15 of them, and each time I hurt. My legs, my feet, sometimes my shoulders would hurt during the race. It would definitely hurt after the race, especially my legs and my feet. But not to discourage you from running a marathon. You know, 
this is a side but if you actually do a run a couple of days afterwards, by three days afterwards, you feel pretty much back to normal if you've done the training. Just a side note to encourage you to run a marathon. But one, running a marathon, really, it's one of the best experiences that you'll ever have. So I encourage you to try running one too. But back to our focus. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Let's look at this passage in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And as we go through the passage, I want, you to, I want us to ask ourselves this question. Why did the writer of Hebrews write this to the people? Verse 1 begins, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now, who are the great cloud of witnesses? Okay, they are the heroes of faith mentioned in Hebrews 11. They are not spectators just, just watching, but they are mentioned because they're inspiring examples. Why were the heroes of faith mentioned? They are mentioned, for one, because the readers or hearers of this letter who are familiar with the Old Testament would know who these people are. They know their names. They know who they are. Hearing their names are meant to encourage the people. The heroes of the faith are examples of the people of God who persevered in their faith and trust in God throughout their lives. And for some of these people in Hebrews 11, they're models, examples of people who persevered, who kept going, who held on to their faith, uh, their faith in God and his promises, despite having to go through difficult circumstances, persecution, and for some, even death. As I mentioned before, some of the recipients of this letter were people who were considering leaving the faith. Some were leaving because of persecution. Maybe some were leaving the faith because things weren't going the way that they had hoped. They were giving up on God, giving up on who he is, and giving up on his promises. So the people were reminded that these heroes of the faith also went, also went through difficulties just like they were going through. Yet, they persevered. They were commended for their faith. They didn't quit or return back to their old way of life. I'm, remi- I'm reminded what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 4.7, 4, where it says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And that's what the heroes of the faith were commended for. One commentary says this, Nothing is more encouraging than the successful example of someone who has done it before. I mean, isn't it encouraging when you hear that someone has done something before? I mean, maybe you're thinking, Pastor Ron does a marathon? Hey, if he can do it, I can surely do it. But to, it's, it's encouraging when you hear that someone has done it before. Seeing how God was with these people encourages us to trust that he is also with us. The same God who was their God is our God. I really like what that commentary says. Because we can be encouraged by seeing successful examples of people who have gone before us. The neat thing about the heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11 is that they weren't perfect people. Sometimes we think to be a Christian, we have to be perfect. I, I remember right after I became a Christian, I almost gave it up because I thought, I can't be perfect. And I don't think God expects us to be perfect. But we're trying to become more Christ-like through the help of the Holy Spirit and through growing in our relationship with him. But these people in Hebrews 11 weren't perfect people. They had flaws and faults and shortcomings. They had sins and weaknesses. And still, 
They were considered heroes of the faith for their continued faith, living lives of trust and faith in God and their perseverance to finish the race. In the same way, we too are running in the same race, trying to live a life of trust and faith in God in the midst of living in this world. So the race isn't only for special people. It's not only for the heroes of the faith. It's for everybody. And we are in the same race. This reminds me of running a marathon. A lot of marathon examples today. Everyone running a marathon is in the same race. For example, the LA Marathon, you might have a world record holder, an Olympic medalist, a bunch of high school students because they have this thing called Student Run LA, a mother of three, you might have a nurse there, a teacher, a pharmacist, and maybe even a pastor running this race. The exciting thing is that we're all running the sa- on the same course at the same day at the same time. I don't think there's any other sport like that. So whether you run a two-hour, five-minute marathon or a seven-hour marathon, we are running the same course. In some ways, we're also experiencing similar things regarding the marathon. We might have gone through similar training as for whether you're a road record holder kind of person or just an ordinary person running the first marathon. We might have gone through similar training, doing increase in miles each week. Maybe we all did carbo loading the night before the race. We all get something that's known as a, a running bib with our number and a name on it. And if we finish the race, we get a medal. <laughs> so, the re, uh, so we all have this opportunity to run the race, to persevere and finish the same race no matter what our finish time is. The reader of the letter to the Hebrews and you and I are in the same race as those heroes of the faith in chapter 11. And the most exciting part of, the, of this is is that the same God who is their God is our God. And the same God who is with them is with us as well. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, I am with you always. And in both the Old and New Testaments, God is called Emmanuel, God with us. So that's the exciting thing. No matter when the race has happened, we're in this race of life together and that God is with us, just as he was with those heroes of the faith. So we're all in this race together with the Lord. So it goes, Therefore we, we are surrounded such a, by such a great cloud of witnesses. Then verse 1 continues, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. The writer of Hebrews wants the people to get rid of everything that would get in the way or hurt their being able to run the race. Let us throw off everything that hinders, or as some translations state, let us, let us lay aside every encumbrance. Notice that it says we're to throw off everything, everything that hinders, to lay aside every, every encumbrance. The thing that hinders or an encumbrance is defined as a big load. It's not necessarily bad in itself, but oftentimes it's something perfectly innocent and harmless. But even though it could be innocent and harmless, it can still weigh us down or divert our attention. It can sap our energy and dampen our enthusiasm for the things of God. 
Some of these hindrances can also distract us from God in our time and relationship with him and can distract us from even serving him. So if we were just to spend some time right now and just stop and think about it, if you were to say, God, is there anything that's a hindrance? Is there anything that's encumbering me in my, in my walk with you? If you thought about it, what would come to mind? Or does anything come to mind? Again, these things are not bad in and of themselves, but they can just take away from what God might have for us in our time with him. For me, if I think about hindrances, I think about things like sports. I could watch too much sports sometimes or get too, mo- too much involved emotionally in, in sports that sort of distracts me from my day. I can get distracted, and, and a hindrance for me might be watching movies on TV. I love certain movies. I could watch certain movies over and over again. Or another distraction might be my dog. Okay, these things are not bad in themselves. You know, my dog is not bad. But if they become a higher priority than they should be or take away or distract us from our relationship and time with God or from what God wants us to do, then it becomes a hindrance. Let me ask you a question. Who or what is the first priority in your life? If it's one of the things that hinder us or the things that encumber us, then we need to decide what to do with it. And hopefully, we'll make our relationship with God the first priority in our lives. In the second part of this verse, it says that it says we are to throw off or lay aside the sin that so easily entangles us. This is a picture of sin as a weight or something that gets in the way like excess baggage that needs to be gotten rid of because it would weigh the runner down. It's, a, it's as if our sins were put in a bag or a backpack and we're wearing this thing and just carrying it around with us all the time. And even if it's something small, it's still something that we're carrying around and it's getting in the way. It's distracting us. It's making it difficult for us to do what the Lord wants us to do. But we still somehow hold on to it and try running with it, even though it makes it harder for us to run. I'm reminded again of, of a marathon. Surprise, surprise. Okay. At the marathon start line, it's like if this was the start line here, there's like fences here, fences there, and straight ahead is the start line. Okay? As you make your way, because they want to keep the runners all together and and the spectators on the side, they don't want people mixing too much. And with the LA Marathon, you'd have 25,000 people. It's like jam-packed, a lot of people. But if you're walking to the start line, you'll notice, oh, wow, look at clothing on the ground on this side, on this side, water bottles down there. People are getting rid of their jackets or sweats or water bottles. And, you know, the race starts at like 7 in the morning, so it's cold at that time. Everyone wants to keep warm. But once the race starts, people want to get rid of all these things that would uh, get in the way of them running. So as the L.A. Marathon starts, you hear Randy Newman singing, I love L.A. over the speakers. You might see oh, wow, jackets flying here and there. People are throwing their jackets away here and there. And it's just all over the place. It's, it's like a geyser. Boom, boom, boom. And because people are getting rid of things that, are, that might weigh them down. They're getting rid of things that would prevent them from running the race uh, to their best ability. So let us throw off the sin 
that so easily entangles us. Sin gets in the way of our living the Christian life. Sin gets in the way of our relationship with God. So how do we get rid of the sin? Basically, it's confessing to the Lord what the thing that we need to confess regarding whatever that sin might be. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. So toss sin away. Confess it to the Lord so it doesn't weigh us down and so that it doesn't get in the way of our relationship with the Lord. For some of the people in our passage, their sin was not believing God and his promises. They were giving up following him. They were choosing their own way and not God's way. So if you ask the Lord now, Lord, what weight of sin do I need to confess and toss away? What would you hear the Lord saying to you? You know, for maybe it could be like unforgiveness. Unforgiveness would just weigh us down. Maybe it could be just something else that would just weigh us down. We don't have to walk with that weight. Just confess it to the Lord. Ask him for forgiveness based on 1 John 1, 9 and what Jesus did on the cross. And we can walk without that weight of sin, um, without carrying that weight of sin with us all the time. Verse 1 continues, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. As I mentioned before, runners need perseverance, the, determ- the determination to keep going even when it hurts. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, the writer of Hebrews also already wrote to the people to encourage them. And it says this in Hebrews 10, 36. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you'll receive what he has promised. Let me read that again. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you'll receive what he has promised. Again, perseverance means a continued effort to achieve something despite difficulties, opposition, failure, or discouragement. Okay, we're going to look a little bit more at perseverance later on and what it looks like. But now to verse 2. So verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And verse 2 begins, Fixing our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. Fixing our eyes on Jesus means to look away from other things and to direct our focus on Jesus. It means to look intently at Jesus, to not get distracted by other things. So just as the author reminded the people to remember the heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11, even more so, they're reminded to look at Jesus as the ultimate example of how to run the race of life. He is our inspiration, our leader, our role model, and our example of how the race is to be run. Verse 2 goes on to say that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. The word used for author can also mean pioneer, leader, champion, or forerunner. So Jesus has gone before us. In describing these words about Jesus as the author and perfecter of our faith, one commentary stated it this way, Our faith, which has its beginning in him, is also completed in him. He is both the start and the end of the race. He is also the supreme witness who has already run the race and overcome. 
So fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And verse 2 continues, Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. As we saw earlier, the writer of Hebrews tried to encourage the hearers of this letter to remember the models of faith and persevere in the lives uh, and the perseverance in the lives of the heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11. As the recipients of this letter hear about Jesus, they, rem- they would remember that he too had to persevere through suffering, scorn, ostracism, shame, and then death on the cross. They're reminded that Jesus was willing to endure all this, to persevere through all this, because he could see beyond all that he went through to a future joy, the joy of the fulfillment of God's promises, where he, as the resurrected Lord, is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. What does running the race with perseverance look like? What will help us persevere to, to keep going in our Christian life, in, our, in life with God? What can we do to run with perseverance? Originally, I still have it on my papers here, I came up with over 20 thoughts and ideas, but I'm, I'm going to spare you and not go through all of them. Phew, huh? but I'm going to share what I think would be probably three main points. But I want you to think about, too, what would help me to persevere in my life with the Lord? Especially, what would help me to persevere through difficult times? If you're in a life group, if you're in a branch, if you're in the San Gabriel one, this is what we're going to do on Wednesday. I want you to think about what does perseverance, how can you, what comes to mind when you think about perseverance? in our life of faith in in the Lord. And especially, how have you, or how will you, or how can you persevere with the Lord, especially through difficult times? And we're going to share that with each other. And and I know that, you know, it's going to be encouraging to hear what people come up with, because I think it'll help each of us to um, learn what others have done to help them uh, in their walk of faith with the Lord. But I'm going to share three things. Now, some of the things that when talking about persevering, maybe it's doing something on our own. But maybe persevering can also be persevering with other people as well. The first point. Let us choose to finish the race and not give up no matter what. Let us choose to finish the race and not give up no matter what. Let us run with perseverance. Hebrews 12.1. It's like we, well, we talked about that. But let us keep running with perseverance and moving toward God. Let's choose to finish the race no matter what happens. Even if there's disappointments or frustrations or things come up. In running a marathon, sometimes even with all the hard work and training for months, the race still doesn't go as we hoped or as planned. Sometimes we're trying to get a PR, a personal record. And then I remember one time... By mile three, I knew that was not going to happen. And it became a fight just to finish the race. It's like, gee, I hope I could even finish this race. In our lives, it might be the same. We work hard. We do what we think we need to do. 
but it's not what we hoped or planned. Even in our spiritual lives, it might be the same. We do what we think we're supposed to do, but life, and even my spiritual life, might not be what I hoped or planned it would be. Sometimes in a marathon, you, 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 do, you come to this place where they call, you hit the wall, where it's just hard to keep going. You try to run, but you can't, so you walk. Okay, maybe I'll walk for a little while. Then you try to run again, maybe I'll walk. It's like running, like you start here, and you run maybe like 10 steps, and you think, oh man, I can't, I can't go anymore. So you keep walking. And you keep trying this over and over, but you can't run for a while. So then you have two choices. One, you quit the race. Or two, you keep going by just walking, and then maybe eventually you can run, and then you walk some more, and sometimes you might walk for a long time. But hopefully, and this has happened to me, maybe like the last part of the race, you can start running again, and you can actually feel like you're finishing well. I think spiritually we can also hit the wall, per se. We have two choices when we hit the wall spiritually. Okay, one, we can quit the race in our walk of faith, or two, we persevere and try however we can to keep going and pursuing God and living for him in a relationship with him. We keep, we keep going as much as we can, even if it's just taking little steps for a season. Remember, it's just for a season. We sometimes even taking little steps, but we keep going as much as we can. What might help is, is this. We can, maybe it's sometimes just going to a brother or sister in Christ and just being open and honest with them and saying, hey man, I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time right now spiritually. And, and our brothers and sisters in Christ can come uh, alongside us for help and support and encouragement. But the important thing at, at these times, I think, would be to not go it alone. We're not the only ones who hit the wall spiritually. But let's encourage each other to keep going. And then hopefully after a season, we can run again. Run again, even in our Christian life, in our relationship with the Lord. So choose to finish our race, our life of faith in Jesus, so that we can say with the Apostle Paul, as, as I mentioned before in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Second point, let's choose to love God and love others. Mark 12, verses 30 to 31 say this, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So what are ways to know God more and to grow in a relationship with him? What will help us in persevering in these things? Maybe there are things that we can do on our own, or maybe, you know, we need to change things up. Instead of maybe praying on our own, and that's hard, maybe pray with other people. Maybe that really helps. Or maybe walk and pray. That helps, too. If you're looking to want to pray with people, if praying is hard, I invite you Tuesday morning, 6.30, our all-church prayer. Tuesday evenings, uh, pray for the nations on the first and third Tuesdays of the month at 9 p.m. Or Thursday evenings at 7.30 p.m. We have another uh, all-church prayer time. Sometimes when it's hard to do something on our own, we're sort of stuck get together with some other people and, and pray together with them. So choosing to do things that will help us love God with all who we are. I want to ask you another question. 
how are you persevering through the pandemic? How are you persevering through the pandemic? I'm glad you're here. Some of us maybe are just worn out emotionally, mentally, physically, and maybe even spiritually. Some of us are dealing with fears, fears of getting sick, fears of worse health problems, fears that this is not going to end, fears that we might be alone, fears that we might be isolated. Some of us are, are getting tired of this as well. It's like, okay, enough yet. Some of us are disappointed and angry with other people because they don't think like us. And some of us are maybe angry and disappointed even with God. But one of the things I think we can do is to bring all these things to the Lord. Talk to him about it. Just be honest and open how you're feeling about these things. Release these things to him. Lord, I am so mad at so-and-so. Lord, I wish, you know, it's like, I'm so scared of this. Or Lord, I feel so lonely. Whatever it is, release it to the Lord. Give them to the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill your heart and mind with your peace. And then make an effort to connect with people. Contact or call someone. Text someone. Email someone. Agree to, to Zoom with someone. But don't, again, don't walk it alone. Try to um, connect with people to help you through this time. And I hope that in the midst of this ongoing, pande- on this ongoing pandemic, I hope that we as the body of Christ and brothers and sisters all over the world that will try to live, that will try to live out John 13.35, where it says, By this, everyone will know, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Even when we disagree, even when we disagree, it's not always easy to love people who don't agree with us. You know, some of us, it's, it's dealing with maybe our own family members. But it's like, that's why we have the Lord. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. We don't have to do this on our own. He's there to help us. Holy Spirit, I can't love this person. I need your help. I need your help. And he can help us. Okay, the third point. Choose to stay faithful in doing the important, I call it little things. It's not really little things, but I hope you get the idea Choose to stay faithful in doing important, unseen, to behind-the-scene things. In running, it's staying faithful to doing the training all the days, weeks, and months that you train. People might see the LA Marathon on TV and see people running it and be impressed. Oh, wow, look at they're running a marathon. But they don't see the behind-the-scenes training and what it takes to get to that point. Like running three, four, five times a week for six months or more, popping blisters on your feet, choosing to get out the door and going on a run even when you don't feel like it. Or even running, it's like, oh man, I got to run my long run and it's raining. I remember one time Steve, oh God, and I were running at the Rose Bowl. It was raining and then it began to hail. Remember that, Steve? We ran fast that day. (laughs) Ran fast to the car and to wait for the hail to stop. But I think after that, we ran in the rain still. Okay. But even though we, so it's trying to get out there, even when you don't feel like it. And I think 100% of the time, that after all those times of running, when I didn't feel like it, I was really glad I did that. I felt good afterwards. And in our Christian life and walk with God, 
It's choosing to be faithful in all the quote-unquote little or behind-the-scenes things that help and build and grow our relationship with the Lord. Now, maybe on some days we may not feel like doing things that we know would help us grow in our relationship with the Lord. Like maybe, oh, God, I don't feel like reading the Bible today. I'm so busy. Or I end up watching sports or something. Or, you know, you don't feel like praying. But it's maybe to choose instead, in a sense, to get out the door still. To take even little steps in spending time with the Lord. For me, sometimes what it helps is like just put on some worship music. Listen to worship music. And then that helps in, in bringing, um, helping me to come before the Lord. So choose to stay faithful in the behind-the-scenes things in our walk with God. So these are some of the thoughts that came to mind. Again, I had all these other ones, but these are more compacted versions. But again, think about for yourself what would help you to persevere in your life, in your walk with God. And again, life groups, good question to think about and share with each other when you get together. So let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. At the beginning of this message, I invited you to run a race with me. But you know what? If you're already Christian, you're already in this race. If you're not yet a Christian, I invite you to join this race by, foot, by putting your faith, trust, and your life in Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you're going in the wrong direction. If you're already a follower of Christ, then I exhort you, let us run with perseverance. Let's, let's choose to keep going. Let's keep continuing on as followers of Jesus Christ despite difficulties, opposition, failures, or even disappointments. Let's encourage and persevere with other brothers and sisters in the Lord. Let's have the determination to keep going even when it hurts, knowing that the Lord is always with us no matter the situation or circumstance. Let's run the race with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Jesus Christ, our Savior. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus Christ, our example to follow. Jesus Christ, who is with us always throughout this race. Okay, please join me in prayer. Lord, I just lift ourselves up to you, Lord. Lord, and some of us might be struggling in persevering and continuing on because things are a bit rough in our lives. And I ask, Lord, that you would help, help us to keep going. Lord, I ask that we would encourage each other, that we would ask each other, how are you doing? that we would call or text or something in ways that can help just to see how people are doing, not to be intrusive, but Lord, out of love. Lord, and if we're hurting in some way, I pray too that we, you'll give us the courage to ask others for help, for them to pray 
for us and with us, for them to come alongside of us. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to run this race with you, to be mindful that you are always with us. I pray, God, that you will give us that perseverance to finish the race that you've called us to do, to run it well, even when we're hurting, even when we're walking, Lord, that we're running well in the sense that we're not giving up. We're still moving forward in what the things you call us to do. So, Lord, we ask for your help. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can fix our eyes on you, that we can look at you. Thank you that you are our hope. You are our strength. That you are always with us, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you will, again, just give us what we can't do ourselves, Lord. The ability to keep going, the ability to love, the ability to forgive. Lord, so that we can live the lives that you call us to to live, that we can love you, heart, soul, mind, and strength, that we can love you, we could love others. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you lead us step by step. Thank you, Lord, that you're always with us, Lord. Be glorified in our lives. We commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.